Hello and welcome. My name is Juanita Headley. I am a New York attorney and the founder and CEO of Changing Cases. You are listening to a set of podcasts, a series dealing with the issues of human trafficking, child abuse, and of course, knowing how to respond to the question. Over the following weeks and months, I'm going to take a look at some hard-hitting topics with a view to educate, empower, and inspire you to change the way that you think, act, and respond to better safeguard the children in your world. Stay tuned until the end of this show, where I'll be sharing not only how you can get a copy of my new book, but I'll also inform you of some upcoming live Zoom trainings and how you can contact me to have your questions featured in a future episode of the show. So we can talk about it. Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah. So we can talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. lonely Let's talk about honor killings. I was watching a documentary quite recently with regards to the case of a number of girls and an older woman who were murdered at the hands of their father and husband. And the case in, in question is the Shafia family. Now, people who do not understand what honor killings are, I googled the definition and it comes up as an honor killing or shame killing is the murder of a member of a family due to the perpetrator's belief that the victim has brought shame or dishonor upon the family principles of a community or a religion within an honor culture. So therefore, what it's explaining here is that a family member, that could be a brother, a father, an uncle, quite often it's the male family member, because he wants to restore honor, he will take the life of his daughter, niece, sister. And the Shafia case, it is actually quite a well-known case, in fact, of a family who were all murdered at the hands of Mr. Shafia, who was the husband of the wife who died. Now, his daughters, he had three daughters, they did not actually know that the lady who was allegedly the caretaker of the house, the one who does the cooking and cleaning, they did not know that was in fact their father's first wife. And so Mr. Shafia remarries because his first wife is barren. She's unable to give birth to children. He remarries and has a second wife who gives birth to three girls and a boy. And his first wife continues to live with him, but under the guise of being the house help. The three daughters had no idea, but they did observe that she wasn't really well treated and well looked after by Mr. Shafia. Now, this case took place in Ontario, Canada, back in 2009. And I remember seeing it on the television, on the news. In fact, there are issues and incidences of honor killings that have taken place in the UK. But I know that in parts of Canada, there is the Afghanistan, Iraqi and even Indian community because I watched another documentary of a young girl whose boyfriend almost died in a car incident that they were both in. 
and her father had not at that time known she was in a relationship with him. But when it came to light, he eventually took his daughter's life. And I saw another documentary, again set in Canada, Iraqi family. The daughter's life was taken. She was driven down by her father. Her father drove the car at full speed, knocking her over and her future mother-in-law. And unfortunately, she was on life support and eventually died. Now, the commonality in all of these stories was that the restoration of honor was very much a big thing for the father. And watching these documentaries and listening to the police speak about the incident and listening to the psychologists who are explaining, what I find interesting is that with honor killing per se, the Western culture find it very difficult to understand. A female is considered to sometimes or often be the second-class citizen and her role and responsibilities to cook and clean, look after the house. She has to follow all the instructions of her father, of her father isn't there, of her brother, even if he is younger than her. And although they've moved over to the West, they've come from Iraq, Afghanistan, India, they've moved over to the West, the father wants to continue to instill the cultural values of their home country. And one of the challenges is that the daughters in each of these cases became very westernized in the way they dressed, the way they behaved, and they all entered into relationships with a westerner, and that was not approved of. In one of these cases, in fact, they were both from Afghanistan, but despite that, because the families no longer got on, the father did not approve of the relationship. And in two incidences, the daughter ran away and stayed in the boyfriend's home, which of course the father wouldn't approve of. Now, when we consider, for example, the Christian community and how, let's say in the deep south of the United States, in the Christian community, homosexuality, incest, fornication, premarital sex will not be condoned under any circumstances. However, in saying that, we know that there are people, let's say, for example, in the Mormon community who engage in premarital sex in the Mormon community who watch and consume pornography. In other words, people are people. And so despite the rules that a, a child, a young person, a teenager, young adult is given, they may choose to defy that. But what is really sad is having watched these various documentaries of these young girls and women is that in a number of the incidences when their lives were taken, they had run away, they feared for their lives, but then their father relented allegedly and said, I want you to come back home. I will agree to your wedding. On one incident, he actually said to the daughter, I want us to go on a family trip in Canada. Once you've gone on the family trip, you can come back and marry this guy. When I heard that, it was a straight flag because in the Shafir family incident, on this occasion, the three daughters and the first wife were on a family trip with the brother the mum and the dad and so they'd gone to Canada when I say Canada they had gone to Niagara Falls to this part Buffalo I guess you could say Buffalo New York so they are on their way on the Canadian side going to Niagara Falls and when they're on this trip the first night the three girls and the first wife end up dying and of course through investigation crime scene investigators good police work, it was uncovered that they had been murdered because of the evidence that had been there. But what was interesting is that with these three girls, they had gone on this trip believing that 
everything is fine, that my family are are okay now with the decisions I've made, with the choices I've made, and there are no consequences. And so for me, the red flag is on an alert when I hear this young girl from Punjab in India whose father says we're going to go on a family trip. It was almost reminding me of the Shafir family story. And on the way back to return a week after staying with the family and not wanting to spend any more time there, on her return back to meet her boyfriend, she ends up dying because her name is Amin. Her father stabs her to death in the vehicle. And it is really sad because in this instance, they were not coming from the same culture as that in Afghanistan, as that in Iraq. They're coming from India, which is a place I've been to very often. And he was, in fact, a Sikh. And having viewed a newspaper article that was written, they said that the father's conduct in taking his daughter's life had nothing to do with Sikhism. But what it was for the father, he wanted to restore the honor. And in one of the cases of these two girls who were murdered at the hands of their father, one of the daughters was in a relationship the father didn't approve. He killed both daughters. He was from Egypt. And in fact, his wife, who was a white American, they had run away. They had driven away to Kansas, I believe. And she eventually answers her husband's incessant phone calls. And when she answers the phone calls, he says, you need to come back. So she says to the two daughters, we need to go back and put flowers on our grandmother's grave. And for me, the antenna went off and I was on alert and I was thinking that the children need to stay. Now, of course, they didn't. They went with their mother in obedience, even though they were the friends. And the friend looks back and says, I wish I did more. In such a situation, it is very, very difficult. If you don't have the knowledge of honor killings, if you don't understand how this thing works, then you would believe, well, we're in the West. He might be Egyptian, but we're here in the United States. It will be fine. So you would be deluded to believe that he's their dad. He's not going to take them seriously without understanding how things will work and operate in a place like Egypt. The children get in the car, they're on the way back home, and as they get close to the neighborhood, the mother confides and says, I lied to you, we're going to go back home. And so the daughter rings her boyfriend and says, I love you, and it's the final conversation. She goes into the house, then she calls 911, and the call gets disconnected, but those were her last words, and she was murdered. Her and her sister were both murdered at the hands of the father. What I don't understand is why the mother walked back into this trap the mother was frightened of her husband and in fact her Egyptian husband was trying to marry off the daughter to a guy in Egypt who was about 20 plus years older than her and unfortunately in those cultures the man is often very dominant and I was actually reading that it even says that in certain communities let's say in the Middle East where we have such thing as honor and honor killings is that it's even expected of the husband to abuse, physically abuse his wife. And I don't understand that. Domestic violence is a very real issue. And this is domestic violence at the hands of a father, but there is a, a reason behind it. There is a motivation. And one of the fathers in these various stories I looked at, when he called the police, he said to them, my daughter is talking to boys. And they said, but this is the United States. That is normal. But what it is, though, even though in the U.S. and in the West it is normal for individuals to communicate with one another of different genders, the police were failing to understand where the father was coming from. 
And if you think about strict religions, when I say strict, where there are rules that need to be followed and adhered to, and there are consequences to those rules, in Christianity there are rules. However, quite frequently we as Christians do not adhere to those rules. One of the rules is to abstain from sex before marriage. Another one of those rules is to not engage in homosexuality, the hostility, or incestuous relationships, not to engage in adultery. And despite the fact that as Christians we know that there are rules and there are standards, how many Christians actually adhere to those standards? And so even in the Christian community, there will be individuals who are fornicating, engaging in homosexuality, watching pornography, despite the fact that there are certain rules. And so therefore, when you consider a Middle Eastern community, yes, there are rules, but not every Middle Eastern family who comes to the U.S. is going to continue to abide by those rules because they're in a new culture. And so with one of these relationships, that was the challenge, the Afghanistan relationship, because the two families no longer got on. But the boyfriend, his family had become westernized. And in each of these instances, from according to the documentary, these girls were in an intimate relationship. Not every relationship, from what I could see, was sexual. But there were relationships between the boyfriend and girlfriend that were on occasion sexual. And in these communities... It is expected of the girl to abstain from sex until marriage. In fact, there are even stories, true stories of women who are victims subjected to rape. And there's the belief that if she doesn't scream, it doesn't constitute rape. And then even there have been documentaries where a woman, a young girl has become pregnant as a result of rape. And to solve this issue, she's made to marry the rapist. We as Westerners will never understand this, and that is the challenge. If we want to be able to safeguard and protect these vulnerable girls and women from honor killings, we've got to understand. In the same way, we've got to be able to try to put ourselves in the shoes of the father. So understanding the culture, and then on top of that, understanding how that father is in a new environment, and that new environment is creating a situation that is conducive to his daughter behaving in a way that he disapproves of. Knowledge is power and judging these cultures will not solve anything. Instead, what would be more effective is to educate and to explain. And it is difficult because in the West, we don't have, in certain parts of the West, we don't have that same sense of unity. For example, in the UK, it's each man to themselves. And we see how in the United Kingdom, it is very common for interracial relationships. We do not have a caste system like in India, where there are different castes. And where if you date somebody outside of your caste, then you'll be shunned. We don't even have this thing of stigma. Because, for example, there was a documentary that I saw. And a young girl was approximately 19 years of age, living with her mother and father. And according to the documentary, this is the terms that was used, she was a sex worker. In other words, she was an escort who had sex with her clients, still living under the roof of her family. In places like India, if a girl is a sex worker prostitute, if she's an escort, her family will shun her. When she's married and her husband kicks her out, sends her to a brothel, when her husband abuses her, remarries somebody else, the family will often, 99% of the time, not accept her back because of the shame on that culture. What is the solution to this? 
When I watched each of the documentaries, the Shafia family, the Egyptian father, the family from Afghanistan, I realized that the commonality was that these children return back home and they return back home to their death. More needs to be done to protect these girls and women. Even in many instances, when it is uncovered, when it's discovered that the girl is in a relationship the father doesn't approve of, he will stop her from working. He will stop her from going to school. In one of these cases, the father had a CCTV camera installed inside his daughter's bedroom. Their freedom is taken away. And even when the father isn't around, the brother will take on that very same responsibility. He will take on the role of domineering his daughters, domineering the sisters, I should say. And this creates a lot of tension. In fact, one of the girls, she confided in her father, in her brother. She confided in her brother she was in a relationship because she loved him very much. And whenever her brother was around, her father would never abuse her physically. And she loves him. And so she confided in him and she explained that she did not want her dad to know that she was in this relationship. However, her brother had put the phone on speakerphone and the father heard absolutely everything. The brother then lies and deceives her and says, you know, your dad is willing to accept the relationship. You need to invite him to the wedding. This is the right thing to do. And the brother suggests that he goes out with his sister and the sister's boyfriend for a meal so he can get to know his new brother-in-law, his future brother-in-law. Again, this is a situation of reconciliation. And even in cases of domestic violence, when a woman leaves a relationship, that is when she's most at risk of dying at the hands of her former partner because quite often he says, whether verbally or mentally, if I can't have her, no one can. In the instance of honor killings, it is to restore my honor. When I take my daughter's life, it restores my honor. It's as though murder is not even considered or deemed to be a crime because honor goes above and supersedes murder. The brother goes out with his sister and his brother-in-law for a meal and he gives his sister one last chance and he says to her, you need to invite your dad to the wedding and he even involves the boyfriend and says, please talk to her. Expecting the boyfriend to take sides and he does not take sides. He says, at the end of the day, my girlfriend has to make a decision that is right for her and I'll support her. The brother gets out of the vehicle, he returns to his car, comes back and he shoots both of them and they both die. It is really sad. Two families were torn apart. They were close at one point. They're torn apart. That creates friction. And what is sad about this situation is that in this case, the girl, the daughter, was in a relationship with somebody of the exact same ethnicity. But it still was an issue. It still created shame because they did not get on with that family. And so it is not even about being the same culture. The father expects his daughter to marry who he chooses, whether that's to return to Egypt to marry a man that's 20 years older, whether it is to return to Iraq and to marry somebody there. And often what I've observed is that these fathers don't seem to really put a lot of focus on education. Because in many of these stories, the students were educated, the girls were educated, but when it came to pursuing a degree, that is where education needed to stop because these fathers often don't see the point in their daughters getting a further education because their responsibility and their role is going to be in the house. 
it is really sad and it's hard for us to understand. We in the West have so much freedom and we take it for granted and we don't fully understand the freedom that we have because it's just there, it's available to us. But if that freedom was taken away, what would we do? And when you sincerely love, treasure and value your family, are you willing to die for your love? In other words, are you willing to go back home knowing your father will take your life? If we're not in that position, we can sit and we can make a judgment, but we do not know what we would do if we were placed in a situation such as that. Would love win? And the thing is, we as humans, we can be naive. We can want restoration. We can want our father's blessing. We can want the blessing of our family. And because of that, we're willing to just give them one more chance without realizing that that one more chance you're willing to give is where your life will be over. And that is really sad. And there are organizations that are dealing with this issue, but not enough is known. And the fact is, those Westerners who have friends in their lives who are in a culture where there is this honor and this shame, they don't fully truly accept and understand that this father or brother will take the life of the daughter or sister. Like this lady in Kansas, she did not do anything. And she regrets that, of course, but the fact is she probably didn't fully understand. And if it was me, because of the knowledge that I have, I would say to her, I understand you want to put grave flowers on the grave of your, of your children's grandmother. I understand that. But I'm concerned for your safety and I'm not willing to let you leave. And I would even go so far as to say that I've heard of cases of honor killings. I know this is your husband, but I'm not willing to leave. And if I needed to call the police to do that, then so be it. And because knowledge is expanding, the police would surely, depending on the police working in that station in Kansas, would surely have some knowledge of this because honor killings do happen. And the fact of the matter is that it's being discovered, it's being understood, it's being pulled apart. So that way, the police are better equipped to respond to such cases. Because think about it. If you are confident, confident that this father, he puts the value of his honor above the value of his daughter's lives. If you truly believe that and you have just reason to believe that, then you have a responsibility to protect these girls from their death because when you don't do that when you just go along with the mother and say okay and give them a tight hug you're allowing them to be driven back to their death and that is really sad and the guilt will kill you and eat away but the fact is you could have done something it is really difficult because even these young girls who are in this relationship the challenge is that they start to take risks they're in a relationship it's secret but then over time they take risks and the information is uncovered. And in one of the instances, she was 17 and a half and was planning to run away when she turned 18, but her father took her life before then. If I was that girl, I would run away immediately. Now we have online learning, so it'd be a lot easier to study electronically. Of course, when these cases and incidents happened, we didn't have online school, so to speak. We were going into class. But my safety in my life is much more important. And I'm sure that there are certainly ways that she could transfer from her university to another. Because think about it, those six months that you're waiting to graduate, is it worth it? Because the six months you continue to stay in that house and continue to have this relationship, you are pushing the boundaries. And that is a thing, it is very difficult for a person in relationship to just walk away. 
even though it is temporary, one of these girls was separated for a year from her boyfriend, and they reconciled, and she eventually died. But the fact is, if they had just waited and abstained from any communication until she was 18, until the day of graduation, it's very, very difficult to say what we would do in that position. But the sad thing is, these honor killings keep happening and happening and happening, and it's as though it's the same pattern over and over again. Because the father says, "Okay, I will agree to your wedding," but deep down, when you understand the culture, you would know the father will never agree. So when there is a change of attitude or let's go on vacation, that should certainly be a red flag. But unfortunately, not enough information is out there. With domestic violence, we understand now that, of course, a woman is most vulnerable when she's pregnant and when she wants to leave the relationship. But with honor killings, there isn't this poster. There aren't these pamphlets that are readily available for the laymen to be informed. On Facebook, you'll see plenty of domestic violence and child abuse prevention posters, but honor killings, not enough is being said about it. So therefore, if there's somebody in your life who is in a family of honor, you would not know the responsible thing to do to protect that young lady, to protect that young girl. We need to be educated so that we can protect others, regardless of their culture, ethnicity, regardless of our lack of knowledge on the ins and outs of Sikhism, the ins and outs of the Afghan community. When we have that knowledge, we can protect and therefore prevent a future honor killing. Thank you for listening to another episode of Can You Keep a Secret. I trust that the information has been useful to you. I believe that we all need knowledge and education, and when we have a better understanding of topics such as abuse, it enables us to better safeguard the children in our world. For a better understanding of the topics being covered each week, then please reach out to me for a copy of my new book, Can You Keep a Secret? You can follow me, message or email me so that I can answer your questions in upcoming episodes. We can all learn from one another, and this is an educational series that I hope will impact and change not just your life, but also that of the people around you. You can find all my contact details on my website, changingcases.org. That's changing cases.org. Remember to share this podcast with friends and family members. There are victims and survivors in your world. You just don't know it. But if we can all be educated, then the world will be a safer place. Please tune in next week for another episode.